Hi, I'm Kelly Shan and this is my podcast, Life Journey. I hope you find some inspiration and happiness for your own life in the words and experience from my guests. This episode is brought to you by Strategic Media Partners. SMP is your one-stop shop for all your business advertising and marketing solutions. The team can help you with television, radio and digital marketing, graphic and website design, commercial signage and photography services. Find them at strategicmediapartners.com.au. What would you do if your life was seemingly perfect and then in one foul swoop, your dreams became nightmares? When Julie Rainbow and her family came home from their happy family holiday, things started to unravel. And to this day, Julie has no idea why. Rather though than dwell on her betrayal and misfortune, Julie picked herself up and made good on her promise to give her kids a happy life. She also created a platform to help others in need. From the depths of despair, good things can happen. And Julie Rainbow is proof of this. Julie, thank you so much. This is our second go around. Um, You were one of my very first that I interviewed before I had mics and knew what I was doing. Now we're very high tech. (laughs) Thank thank you very much. And um, thank you for the lovely chocolates you brought me because we'll have them after with coffee. Sounds good. Sounds good. (laughs) Um, Now, Julie, your story is just so amazing to me because of where you came from and where you are now and how how you've just overcome what you did um so your first marriage broke down um how long were you married for before oh we've been we've been together for a long time but we'd only actually been married for i can't even remember now it was so long ago we were only only married for probably a couple of years to be honest although we'd been together for a long time and um yeah, just sort of devastating when everything broke down with the marriage mm. and thinking that that's for life and, and that's where you're going to end up and not wanting to break up a family unit and, mm. you know, it makes it difficult when you're going through that. Yeah. So how old were you when, when you got together with your when, first husband? Oh, I was quite young when I got together with him and then we split up when, I'm just trying to think, Ollie, my son, who's 19 now, he was three at the time, um, so quite young. He was quite young then. And I think that, you know, just looking back now, you just think there was such a, a lot to go through and a lot happening, but at the time you're sort of really focusing on the kids and are the kids all right? And you look back now and you think, wow, it was an enormous amount of things to go through and yeah. come out the other side. Yeah. Backtracked a little bit, like you had no idea that there was anything wrong, did you? No, no. And at the time it was, you know, we'd had this fabulous life. We'd just come back from a fantastic overseas holiday, no expense spared, um, you know, had investment properties. Things were really great, I thought, mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in my world. And then found out that, um, in fact, they weren't, that my ex-husband had run up debts here, there, everywhere, um, still to this day don't know what he spent that money on. I used to say, you know, when I first found out, I was sort of like, oh, tell me you've got another family or tell me you gamble or just tell me something so that I know what it is, why we've gotten to this point. Um, but, yeah, just never found out what that was. And, and as a result of that, I ended up going bankrupt um, because of the fact that, you know, every other week of the other debts turning up, he disappeared. He hasn't been seen since probably, oh, what's that, probably 16 years ago now. Um, So he, 
hasn't been around to clean up the mat, the mess. He was, you know, had tax debts. He had all these debts here, there, everywhere. And because if they can't find the person, then they'll come after the next person. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so it's it was a lot to go through. It was it was a lot. Just you know, obviously the breakdown of a marriage and the emotional side of it. But beyond that was the the financial deceit and recovering from that and going through a bankruptcy and mm-hmm. what that means. It's things like. Um, you know, I think I may have mentioned to you before, you don't even have a history to get a rental because mm. you've got no hi- rental history. Mm. You know, I lost my award-winning business I had at the time, so I didn't have a job. Like it's, you know, it's a flow-on effect beyond just the emotional breakdown of a marriage and a family, mm. um, which makes it very, very difficult. So, yes, interesting times. I'm glad I've come out the other side. Oh, <laughs> and I guess it doesn't matter how much money you do or you don't have, but the, that deceit and, and for him never to uh, tell you no. what, what happened. That's what, right. That money and I'm the kind of person and, that that would really kill me. I'm the kind of person that yeah. I can deal with the worst news in the world if I know all the facts around it. Yeah. So to never really get to the bottom of that. And I think, you know, most devastating to me was not only the what happened for my family unit, but also he borrowed significant money off my parents and my brother. Um, and, you know, there was a big sort of stress over that and family fallout with my brother's wife at the time. And, mm. you know, that you can't heal those kind of wounds. And, mm. you know, my dad was semi-retired and had to go back to work as a cleaner to try and pay mm. his debts and, you know, things that will haunt me till the day I die, I think, mm. just of things I couldn't do to help. I was trying to, I had a daughter at Somerville House at the time. I had a son in going to churchy. Like there was so much going on and so much planned for the future mm. that it was really important to me that nothing deviated from the children's life plan. That mm. So, you know, it just had so much going on. It was, yeah, mm. terrible. Mm. So tell me how the children, how the kids coped because they weren't all that old. Were no, they? that's right. So, no, they cope quite well. I think that that's a testament to the amazing people in my life. I've mm. got these beautiful people in my life that make up the tapestry of who we are. And I think I truly believe that it takes a village because yeah. I've lived that and I yeah. know that that's actually a true thing. Um, because I look at and I think, you know, I've had friends I've had since I was three years old who are the aunties. Mm. Um, and my parents and my brother have been a very important part of my children's life. Definitely my father was very much the father figure and the role model for the kids um, and had been all throughout the marriage, by the way, as well, mm. like just a phenomenal human. Mm. Um, so I think that they... Although they would have, they went through a lot as a result of everything around it. Equally, they weren't lacking in love and male support. And, you know, I had some great male friends that really stepped in that I'd been friends with since childhood and, Mm. you know, would come to the soccer games or do the things that needed to happen. So I think that I was very lucky from that perspective to, um, it wasn't going to break me and it Mm. wasn't going to break my children. And I was very, focus on the hard days the Mm. hard days when it just everything felt like overwhelm um keeping the normality for the children and the life's plan for the children was the driver Mm. and would always be the driver even Mm. on your worst day that would be the driver so i think that when you and you know that because being a mother Mm. like when you've got that goal and you you love your kids so much and you want that for them no obstacles too big. That's how I felt about it. I just felt like we'll just get through this. No one died. We can fix this. We can work it out. It's going to be a little bit of a deviate from what we planned, but we'll get there in the end. And Mm. I think having that thought process to not pressure yourself to live in the past, I see it with a lot of women I help now that Mm. just 
live in the hanging on to what what was going to be and what their life was going to be and they never kind of move forward and I, I feel like that's sad to live like that because you never live in the now mm. you're always caught looking in the rearview mirror which that is such we all know we're going to crash the car if we look in the rearview yeah. mirror trying to drive forward aren't we yeah that is such great advice and a really good reminder not for whatever you've gone through and, yes and to look forward um how did you explain what happened to the kids um, I'm always, and you would know this about me, I'm, you know, I'm a bit of a gobby chatterbox. Uh, and I was always quite open about what went on and what was happening. And unfortunately, they saw the ramifications of what had happened because, you know, we went from having a nice house, nice things to being bankrupt. I had a $600 car, um, you know, that I had to have because when you're bankrupt, you have limitations on what you're allowed to have. Mm. We moved, we were renting, you know, they saw the stress I was under. I was trying to work three jobs at the time to keep the kids in the private schools so it it wasn't really what I had to say it was Mm. I'm very factual about it and said this is what's happening we're going to be fine this is how we're going to get through it um and then living it do you Mm. know what I mean living it living it and going through it and as I said just for them the normality was always seeing granny and poppy and uncle Mike and all my friends and having a run around so although there was big adjustments equally in the important things there wasn't. Does that make sense? Like oh, in the yeah. real things yeah. that matter, yeah. it did, nothing changed. They yeah. still had that consistency. And, and they had the love. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like my daughter at the time, she'd been at Somerville since um, grade one. So she was still at school. She mm. still had all the friends. Like yeah. there was a sense of normality around that side of it. Um, and I'm not a person, I'll have my bad days, but... Mm. My bad days are very few because I'm very much pick yourself up and get on with it. Like, Mm. you know, dust yourself off and make a plan and get through and move forward. Mm. I think not being stagnant and getting stuck in a situation is the worst thing you can do. It's like move forward. Any progress is good progress to do that. So Mm. I think we had so much happening at the time, Mm. um, you know, and just always had that loving base to come back to that the kids felt loved and supported, which was so important. Yeah. Um, you rebuilt your life completely. I did. I did. And, I'm blessed. And a beautiful man came into I your did, life. My Maddie. Yes. So how how do you get over all that hurt and the deceit and yes. trust somebody else? And I mean, he must be a really special. He man, is a Julie. very special man. Yeah. So yeah. tell me how that all came about with Matt. Like. I just, I met Matt out at a, t- at a night that um, mum and dad had the kids for the weekend and I'd been working that day and I'd gone out with a work friend and um, I would went to a place that I haven't been to near Caxton Street um, since I was probably 18, never go there. And we were like, oh, let's go out and have a dance. Matt had been at the football at Suncorp Stadium with some friends. He'd never been to the venue either. Was it the underground? No, it was, oh. it was actually, it's called the Caxton, I think. It's oh, a Caxton oh, Street, okay. just the pub there. Yeah. So anyway, we'd gone dancing and I was like, oh, wow, reliving my youth. Haven't been here since I was 18. Matt had never been there. And, um, you know, I'm having the best night. I, you know, I thought I was Kylie Minogue dancing by this stage <laughs> and, um, and then met him and, he was like, oh, can I get, at the end of the night, he was like, oh, can I get your number? And I said, look, 
I know some people have baggage. I said, I'm an international terminal. I don't want to date anybody. I'm very happy in myself. Thank you. Very flattered, but not interested. Anyway, we've been waiting for, I don't know, about nearly two, just under two hours to get a taxi home. And he ended up sharing with a couple of other people that were coming back to my place because his place was further on. And I weirdly, in my not even thinking about it and let's all have fun stay, um, didn't think about the fact that he then knew where I lived because they dropped the cab driver dropped me off first and so he came back on the that was on a Saturday night and then on the Monday I'd just gotten home from work and I was racing around um getting changed because I had to get Ollie to a swimming lesson and I weirdly lived next to three single sisters and we used to be like joking I'd have the treadmill on the deck and I'd eat chocolate pudding on the treadmill (laughs) and say I've made you girls chocolate pudding come over so one of the girls had said I'll drop your dish back over on the Monday. Mm. So I hear this knock at the door and I thought it was my neighbour and I said, oh, come in, I'm walking down, I've got my bra on and my <laughs> work suit. I just, I'd been in board meeting things all day and, so I, and here's Matt at the door with a massive bunch of flowers. I'm in my bra trying to cover up. My children are there, which I would never introduce anybody to my children that i just met. Did he know and you had no, kids? Yeah, he knew I had yeah. kids, but he, he'd never had anything to do with kids. So for him... Oh, He didn't stop and think about the fact that, oh, maybe her kids will be there and that's probably not appropriate to come and meet. (laughs) So he opened the door. It was like something out of a movie. He opens the door. I thought it was my neighbour. I'm there in the bra and the suit pants and I'm yelling at Ollie saying, quick, we're late for swimming lessons. And and Matt's there with these massive bunch of flowers and I was just, because I wouldn't give him my number, see, and and so I ended up just going, take my number, trying to find a top and saying, take my number. And then my daughter's saying to me, who was that? And I said, oh, it's a friend of mum's. Like, what am I going to say? And she goes, I know all your friends. And I was like, oh, now I've got to explain this. So on one hand, I was kind of cranky with it, but then I was, um, and then we just started oh, this lovely friendship so on the phone lovely. because I had a lot on with the children mm. and I, we just started a phone friendship and, yeah, and we've just celebrated 10 years married and we've been together nearly 14 years now. Oh, um, and he's the father that they're always destined to have. He's, yeah. you know, they throw me under a bus for him any day. They yeah. adore Matthew. They're, if you said to both of those kids, who's your best friend, they'd both say Matt. So I um, feel immensely blessed yeah. by that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, in answer to your original question, it's very hard to trust somebody. I think mm. that as a person I'm very, I do have a little bit of that layer of, protecting myself I don't think you I trust Matthew more than I would trust anybody but it's never a hundred percent because I always have to feel like I'm I don't know I feel like I've got to have that strong sense of self myself because such a betrayal do you know what I mean like such a betrayal coming through all that but I don't it doesn't affect my day-to-day life it doesn't affect our relationship we have a lot of fun and are very happy and Mm. I just won't let it ruin me, mm. really, to be honest. Mm. It's, we've spent enough tears on all that. Yeah, so. and he's, he's proved his worth anyway. Absolutely. Yeah. Poor, poor thing putting up with me, I tell you. It's a wild old household, our household. It's <laughs> always <laughs> so some mad thing, scheme thing I'm doing. If someone's always coming over, I'm planning this or I'm planning that. So, he, yeah, he's got a lot to put up with. Mm. <laughs> and, um, Julie, from, from your experience, then you wanted to help other Absolutely. women. Absolutely. Um, going through 
really tough times. So yes. tell me about Clarity Road. So out of a really bad thing came something amazing, yeah. and that's Clarity I've got Road. Goosebumps. Oh, you thank you. I just I love it. I'm so proud it. of it. Yeah. And Clarity Road basically was I was thinking about when I was going through everything how immensely blessed I was that one I was very I had a strong sense of self. Um, I had a great village around me. I was educated. You know, I had earning capacity that I could go and get a job and make a living for myself. And I started to think about, wow, everything is so overwhelming when you're going through separation, divorce, financial deceit, all of those things that go on. Um, And I started thinking, what do women do that don't have that support around them or uh, low socioeconomic that don't have a lot of resources, can't pay for things that they would normally pay for? And I'd started to get over the years calls where it'd be someone to call up and say, oh, hi, I'm Janet's friend. She's given me your number. I'm going through a divorce. I'm going to end up bankrupt. Can you talk me through what's the other side of bankrupt? What's the outcomes around it? What do I do? I would literally probably get three calls a month from mm. random people I didn't know that I would always help. And between that and thinking about these women that weren't supported and weren't lucky like me, I started to think, where's somewhere they can they can actually go that's an information portal that helps them get their lives back on track? Mm. Where do they go through in domestic violence situations where mm. they don't know, um, you know, what to do? They leave with nothing, not even the shoes on their feet. Mm. Who do they talk to? They don't have any money. They can't set up the bank accounts. They can't do anything. So I started Clarity Road and I called it Clarity Road because I felt that when you're going through a particularly stressful time, having clarity in your life is such a key thing. Um, And a road, I like directional. I love feeling that you're going forward, you're making progress. So I started Clarity Road as purely free services for women. It's been going just over, just under, sorry, 11 years now. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll help anybody. We also have men that we help occasionally mm-hmm. who ring up and acknowledge that there's not a lot of resources out there for men that do the same as Clarity Road. Yeah. Um, yeah. And we just help anybody and everybody that needs help going through any life-changing event and what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and super excited now because I'm sort of reinventing a commercial aspect to Clarity Road. We'll always have our free services. We're always going to help the at-risk women. That's an absolute given. I'm immensely passionate about that. However, I'm now seeing that there's also life-changing events for women that might be women like where I'm at now, where they've been in a relationship, they've got earning capacity, they're educated, they're all those opposite Mm -hmm. things. There's an opportunity to commercialise an area of the business to be able to pull some money back in to help the at-risk women. So there's a lot happening with that, a lot of collaborations with um, some family lawyers that I'm working on at the moment and exciting times ahead for how we can really start to look at not just not just the separation and divorce but really understanding life-changing events there's a lot of life-changing events Kelly Mm. when you think about from birth till death there's a lot of life-changing events that occur Um, so I'm really looking at how can I offer social assistance services that help women in all different areas I'm also really keen once COVID lifts um, to do a regional road show with these collaborations I've Mm -hmm. created a Clarity Road Hub Mm -hmm. which is like minor businesses that can go out to the regional areas talk to whoever they need to talk to, help with whatever they need um, and just provide, you know, the city city, the city coming to the bush sort yeah. of thing in terms of those because I think there'd be a lot of people out there that are struggling, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. And um, Julie, right now, like if someone's living in a regional area or, you know, how 
Are they able to access Clarity Road? Absolutely. It's all on the website. We're just in the middle of updating it and getting a few more things happening. But Mm. anyone can reach out through the website and fill out the contact form and I'll help them with any of the um, areas that they need assistance with. So certainly anyone can do that. What does that help look like? Like what do you physically do for them? So so we're kind of like the liaison um, and I've got other people that work with me as well. We're the liaison that provide the information of where to head to where to go. So it might well be that someone will contact me and said, I'm thinking about leaving my husband. He's I'm in a domestic violence situation. I don't know what to do. I've got three kids Mm -hmm. and this I don't know anything about our finances. I don't I've been a just you always get the word just to stay at home mum which is I'll stop them right there and say don't talk to me about just because being a stay-at-home mum has a lot of transferable skills that can be used in the workforce we can help look at getting career um, transition for them getting them sorted with jobs dealing with um, like organizations like CUA had a great offering that was CUA Angels Mm -hmm. which helped with people that you know how do you set up a bank account when you might have left in the middle of the night and you don't have your birth certificate Mm and so we'll help with anything and everything that they need we have a connect the dots liaison service which is basically where you could contact me and say here's a menu of all my issues and things I'm going to need assistance with and then we'll either we'll provide a lot of free information that helps them go through the process or likewise we will then refer out to whoever they need that will help them Um, and if they're at risk ones I'll always help organize some funding around what that looks like so that I can help any of the at-risk people Um, because sadly particularly with domestic violence the demand is higher than the services which is very sad and getting worse by the minute unfortunately. Um, Julie, you run workshops to to try to educate young girls, don't you? Absolutely, yeah I love that. I'm really passionate about that because I think that I wouldn't be sitting here today telling the story I tell if I didn't have a strong sense of self and my Mm -hmm. strong sense of self came from my parents Mm -hmm. because the way I was raised, particularly my dad was a massive influence on my life. And I, I go and I talk at the girls' schools in particular about fall in love, have the best relationship, follow your dreams, but at the core of it, keep a strong sense of self, be fearless in the way you feel about the way you do things um, and keep a strong identity. I think a lot of women, um, even women our age, you know, they lose their identity. They're someone's Mm -hmm. wife, they're someone's mother and it starts young. It starts with that fundamental belief at a younger age for a young girl to believe, you know, you can say what you want about me and you can think what you want about me, but I'm okay. Mm -hmm. I know I'm okay at the core of it and I love that. I think that there's so much... That's the impactful age to do it because I think with social media and things now, you know, everyone's there being a keyboard warrior ready Mm. to make you feel bad about yourself and we've got Mm. to keep our fill our happiness cup within ourselves to overflow at all times so that we can, not in a vain way, it's just knowing that, you know what, I'm a good person and Mm. I can sort out my life. I don't need any, if I meet people that add things to my life, that's fantastic. But at, at the guts of it, I'm okay as well. Mm. So it's, yeah, getting out there and, and talking to the girls about being a little bit fearless in the way that they um, approach their thinking about themselves. Mm. 
hopefully when you do your regional road show you might be able to get to some um, regional schools and I would to love girls to or, actually or kids you know just not girls but boys too I guess absolutely yeah. and I think yeah. sadly the boys that's why we're looking at incorporating a few more services to help mm. with boys because yeah. I think that guys and guys in general no matter what the age demographic you know there's not a lot out there there's not you know and I I don't want to be all things to all people because if I can't I won't be able to help as many of yeah. the women that I why I started Clarity Row but definitely want to have some referral scenarios where we can help send the guys to where they need to go and get some help around it I think you know we're at such a critical time now now more than ever with what's going on in the world mm-hmm. people aren't feeling great about themselves mm-hmm. do you know what I mean and we yeah. need to spend less in the the downside of it and more filling our happiness cup with things that make us feel good and and get to our core of who we are as people and I think we lose a lot of that we're too worried about what goes on with social media and what everyone thinks and you mm-hmm. know I just I just hope that when that's not the world my grandkids live in, to yeah. be honest, but I think it will be, sadly. Yeah, yeah. Um, Julie, you have justified my belief in... Um, I, I, I honestly believe some... You look at people who have been to the bottom of the pit and they've climbed back out and there's always something really good on the other side if they look for it. Yes. And... You, like you said before, you wouldn't be doing what you're doing now and you wouldn't be in a no, position I'm to so help blessed. so many people. Yes. If and I wouldn't have met Matt. No, you wouldn't have had those flowers. <laughs> and see, so I wouldn't have a good person in, in my life. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, what, you, what you're doing for other people, what you went through is so worth it for all those people that you're helping. So. I think, thank you. I think so. And I think, sadly, there's a lot of people out there, particularly women, that, you know, think that a change in life circumstance is a full stop. Mm. That's their life, full stop. That's Mm. it. There's no other options. And everyone's got options. Everyone, Mm. you know, I'm 49. I've just enrolled in doing an MBA, something I've wanted to go to uni since I was a young girl and I'm Mm. probably the oldest person at uni. But do you know what I mean? Like it's, your life shouldn't be that. There's opportunity for everything and it's just being brave enough to step out and go, okay, I'm not in a great position at the moment, but I'm not a tree rooted to the ground. Mm. I can move and I can get better and I can fix things. So it's getting people confident getting them informed, knowledge is power, getting them informed about what they need to know to take those next steps. But, um, yeah, I think that, you know, I'd love to see lots of women out there doing what I'm doing. I think that the the demand is high. The Mm. demand is high and and we want to feel like we can help as many women as we can Mm. um, just to live their best life, to be honest. Julie, I want to give you a big hug, oh, but I can't. Thank you <laughs> thank so much. You. Oh, thank you, Thank Julie. you, and I love the work you're doing. I think the way you're spotlighting oh, all these oh, amazing people doing really diverse things oh, is fantastic. So like, don't underestimate the power that that has because sometimes the people sitting at home watching things and seeing that and think, oh, wow, look at all these people that have done inspiring things and turned a bad outcome into a good outcome. Mm-hmm. I think it's that's the kind of hope we need at the moment. Yeah. I absolutely think that's. So thank oh. you for your all your beautiful stuff that you're doing thank too. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. That means a lot. Thank you. Take care. You thank too. You. Thanks for listening to my interview. If you'd like to hear more from Life Journey, subscribe to our podcast and we'll let you know when we have new interviews coming up.